and welcome to the Guinness World Record holding Bondazi Fire! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Fondazi Fire, and this is a show that asks a simple question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer would be more fire, but since this is a podcast, we're going to be giving you the ins and the outs of how a world record holding fire performance group operates. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the food that keeps Fondazi alive, and to have this conversation, we have nearly all the members of Fondazi, except, um, where's, where's Romy? Dude, I don't know. I didn't know, but he took Joe with him. I think he's trying to find churros. Oh, he must be looking for churros. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna discuss it anyways without him. He might be getting crepes. I'll have one. Oh, hey, crepes. Hey, no, no, we're trying to do a show, guys. So... Guys, focus. Show? Yes, a show. What kind of show? We're doing a podcast show. <laughs> oh, that's a new show. Yes, it's a new kind of show. Yuri, start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're, suppo- you're supposed to say, but when are we doing the show? I, I'm not trained enough for this intro. When are we doing this show? We're doing it right <laughs> now. <laughs> so, I think... It's, it's really appropriate that we talk about food because food was part of the backbone of like what started Fondazi, how Fondazi began. And so I can't really speak to that because I wasn't there. So Chris, Teresa, Raderly, Katie, any of the original cast, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the food of Fondazi in the early days. And I, talk to, I just have to say that the thing that as a very naive, young and rural living Minnesotan, when this is like the saddest thing that excites me, but the first time I ever had sliced peaches in heavy cream with honey on them was at the living stage at Fondazi. And it was the most luxurious thing I'd ever eaten in my life. And that was like the launching little baby Teresa into the world of food outside of tiny little rural Minnesota. Really? Mm. That was quite good. We think we licked the bowls clean on that one. I think we did. That was like a normal, that was like our everyday like snack at the end of lunch meal. Was Why, why have, this is not even fair because I've never had that as a fondazi. No, he hasn't. Oh. Yeah, well. I am so talk, sorry. Talking about this as if it's tradition, I've never even had it. Well, it was Come back on. in the 70s of fondazi. Yes. <laughs> the early days. If you want to go way, way, way back, like in the, the like proto like like Roma kind of style troupe that was like pre Fondazi before Chris and Teresa had this grand idea, like there was the the troupe at the stage that was now Sherwood stage that and I was cooking half the day, like cooking flatbread and things like that, and over an open fire yeah. and memorize the freaking flatbread recipe oh, endless piles of flatbread amazing that's why I, when we started fondazi we wanted to have a fire but we were not granted a fire no therefore we just brought our own but <laughs> it was on fire when i got there um but yeah we really wanted to be able to have that you know it's ironic we could light anything we want on fire just not a stick <laughs> right 
Not a campfire. We could have a cook fire. We could write everything else. <laughs> but yeah, so our, our first season was, you know, just kind of like that whole like smorgasbord of um, cut breads, crackers, cheeses, meats, fruit, avocado. Yeah, no avocado cutting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, we had whatever we could eat that wasn't that didn't require cooking and. It was a glorious spread. That was like a big part of the middle of our day was sitting down, putting all the food out, and having lunch in front of an audience, and the audience would hang out with us. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we told stories, and sometimes we'd play music or drums, and you know, it was just a good time. So out of that potluck kind of-esque lunch that we would have, when we moved to the stage, we continued it on, and we started doing an actual potluck backstage backstage though yeah it wasn't in front of the audience so it didn't have to be period food anymore so it started being stuff like crock pots and things that we could you know cook and actually you know we have a like coleman camp stove and could actually make meals and that was really motivated by the fact that we have a, a really high calorie requirement on our show like we move a lot it's a very physically intensive show no matter what role you're playing the musicians are constantly moving. The dancers are moving. And so we need to make sure that we're fueling ourselves properly. And so we needed to be able to have enough food that was easy to access in the moment when you needed it instead of having to leave our stage to go out to the fabulous food booths. There are a lot of great food booths around our right. area. So. We don't we don't get a lot of chance to go visit them. But, you know, yeah. when we do, you know, the pierogi shop right up the hill from us. They're so good. It's so That's fantastic. Good. That's my breakfast half the time. Bless them. But uh, and the other part of that is also the kids. Like we we then started having kids and we had mm-hmm. to feed them. Go figure. Yes. It gets expensive. It does. It costs a fortune to eat three meals out of a food booth for four people every day. And so we, like, how do we feed each other and our kids on a budget that is, you know, reasonable for all of us, but also, like, actually nutritious and not just as quick as possible? When we when we started the, uh, the potlucks, uh, Katie actually did a lot of the work on organizing what was happening which day and who was bringing what and did a lot of the uh, planning on that respect. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we wanted to make sure everyone got fed and we wanted to at the same time kind of cut the cost down. Like when you're feeding yourself and your family and everybody and you're doing a potluck, that can be fairly expensive. So if we knew what a theme was or who was going to be doing the main thing, we could then kind of all Bring all the supplemental things. Yeah. So, like, one person would be in charge of the protein, one person's bringing the vegetables. So, I remember this kind of all started, like, I remember making pancake or French toast or breakfast backstage when we were at B-Gate. Like, way over there on your old Coleman stove. And, like, because I, I remember Brett going, you put vanilla and nutmeg in your French toast? Tell me more. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> A quick story from Brett with his cooking skills. He's going to kill me. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, he, when I, very first time I went to his apartment, we were going to rehearse something for Fondazi and he was cooking toast over his stove, the open flame from his like stovetop and a hanger. <laughs> On a hanger. On a, yeah. He's like flipping On it. On a wire hanger. So mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So he's yeah, come he's a come a long ways. ways in his cooking ability. With the with the same hanger, or has he evolved? Yeah. He's kind of a gourmet now, honestly, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, he's moved on to churros. Was churros something that he brought from like outside, or was there a churro booth at MRF one year? What? There was, there was a churro booth. Okay. And it was the most amazing thing having churros at Renaissance Festival, and it made my day when we could have churros. I don't think I ever had one. They were there for like a year, and they were gone. You know, I didn't get any of the mini donuts either when the truck was on site, so <laughs> that's on me. But <laughs> yeah, the, the churros were great. I really miss the churros. But um, yeah, like Ridley said, the or Adam even the pierogi booth that's up the hill from us is one of the best places. But and the crepes, you know, and the crepes, yeah, and the crepes. They get a lot of our money. Crepe booth is so fantastic. That's my breakfast most days. Well, they also, I mean, they get so much of our money, they named a crepe after us. You can get yeah. the Fondazi crepe out there. Well, I also think that not only did they get so much money, but it was you, me, and Brett every, every day yeah. ordering this. So there was three of us every single day ordering the same thing, which is? Uh, it's biscuits and gravy. It's the sausage from the biscuits and gravy. Over eggs. Over eggs. And bacon. And bacon inside of a crepe. Can we do something similar at the uh, pierogi booth? Because that's my breakfast, like the spinach pierogies every day for breakfast are super way to go and like we just do something similar there you have to make them special in some way yeah remember the old the the old scotch egg booth was a big breakfast thing for us for a while too bangers and mash with the uh the horseradish yep. gravy horseradish. Oh, so good so nice so hungry right now right yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing i have a pizza on the pizzazz right so now for those of you listening you'll know that Breakfast is generally on our own. <laughs> like yes. whether we are camping out there or driving in, breakfast is on our own. And there may be second breakfast or 11Zs involved. Definitely. Of course there is. <laughs> yes. So what do you do for breakfast, Kristen? Um, well, when Chris doesn't make sous vide eggs, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, usually it's just here and there. I guess crepes usually. If I order something. How about you, Alan? What you do for your breakfast? You, you don't want to know. <laughs> I want to know. Tell us, Alan, what you do for your breakfast. All right. Uh, I generally, every morning for breakfast, seven days a week, I generally have two eggs with, with, a, with a little bit of cheese on it. You know, there's no shame in that. Okay, on a rare occasion, on a rare occasion, because I drive in, I have to drive in, uh, it's a long distance from my house to the festival, especially the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. I have to drive all that way. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> 10 minutes is fine. He lives at it the festival. Takes, <laughs> it almost takes 12. I don't leave at the festival. Don't ask me this. Listen, would, would you leave at the festival? I mean, very seriously. Do you want to leave next to these portable parties? I don't think so. The it's running okay. water? There's no, the only reason the water is running is trying to get away from festival. <laughs> I, occasionally, I will uh, have uh, I, I will I will something from uh, like a like a restaurant to go or like a like a like um, Subway breakfast or something, but yeah. But otherwise, I, I'm, I'm the most boring person with for food. I eat the same thing over and over again. So, except for I eat Nutty buddy, Buddies out at the festival ground. <laughs> Way too many of them. We'll get to the Nutty Buddies later. Chris, do you want to tell everybody about our breakfast, our various, various breakfasts? Yeah, we've had a prog progression of breakfasts over the years. I mean, we tried cooking in the campground uh, before going on to site, and that has been mixed results. It's it's a pain to try to keep food in two places. 
uh, both at the stage and at our tent. Yeah. And by two places, do you mean your mouth and your beard? Yes. <laughs> I've got to save some for later. It's where I keep my lunch. Got to save some for later. Um, we ended up. This is this is just beard jealousy talking. Don't, don't yeah. pay any mind to me. Um, I've been growing this out for six years. You're coming right along. It's coming along. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Good, man. Uh, we we did a lot of uh, yogurt and granola kind of things in the in the campground and and then I don't know, a year or two ago we decided to just cook everything at the stage so we do breakfast lunch and dinner for our family at the stage um, and we got a sous vide which is a hot water yeah. immersion cooker um, and it's it's great to reheat things and it's great to cook things so we we ended up filling it up and it runs all day long. Uh, and people just cook in the sous vide all day long. Um, mm-hmm. We started making uh, the egg bites, which we've ever had. They're my favorite. Um, the egg bites that come from a certain coffee chain. Um, we we make ones that are similar. Better. So good. We can make them in bulk and, and reheat them in the sous vide. And, and we usually have plenty to share. So everybody gets a, a couple of egg bites. And I mean, we chip in as we can. I come like this. <laughs> My hands out, please, sir. Yes, have some. I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing Kristen with like uh, her, her her face all covered with char, charred, you know, from from uh, from cleaning up chimneys. Please, that's sir, right. Bite me, sir. Might I have myself a, a little a little egg bite? He please. says, and yet I'm it's the right one me. at the end of the day that has the least soot on me. At the end of the day, I never have soot on me. It's true, you're always clean, and your hands are clean too. I, well, I wouldn't say I'm always clean. We are at MRF. <laughs> All right, Katie and Adam, what do you do for breakfast? We went through everybody else's. Well, honestly, like now I kind of feel bad because everyone else is so healthy. But you know, most of our breakfast morning tradition for Fondasi is going to get donuts. No, that's awesome. No. Especially when we're with Brett. Well, th- yes. When we're on the road, we do that. Yes. Um, but for MRF, consistently, at least this year, I got up and I made us breakfast sandwiches almost every morning. Those so we good. had egg sandwiches. And um, be- I put two or three eggs in a sandwich for Adam and I. No. And I tried to bring them from Brett, too, because I know he... He doesn't make it to to breakfast because he often eats at Bad Manor. That um, then he's crabby. <laughs> yeah, there is that option too where Bad Manor, which is where they have the feast at Renaissance Festival, they serve a breakfast for the people that work there. You have to pay, but um, they put together a selection of food too. And occasionally, if we're exhausted, lazy, tired, out of food, whatever, <laughs> we'll eat there. But it's not bad. It's pretty good. It's great. Yeah. The, the cooks do an amazing job. It's just like for us as a family, trying to get the kids and everybody coordinated to get there in time. Well, and for those that listen that don't work at MRF, uh, there are certain vendors that are open ahead of time, like the crepe booth that will feed us before the cannon goes off. Which is super helpful. So yes, Adam and I, I and I, if, I start, often, if I start getting really, if I start getting really run down towards the end of the run, I start getting those bigger fondazi crepes. And that's in addition to the sandwiches because we get right. up at six o'clock, six thirty. Yeah, we get up pretty early. So we're we're eating and then we're hungry again. Bye. Well, if you figure by the time the show starts, it's 10 o'clock already, you know, it's... Yeah, because you're putting, putting out yeah. a lot of energy in those shows. You're three, four hours before we hit the stage. Right. And it's taken us like 16 years to kind of really find a good mm-hmm. balance backstage, mm-hmm. I feel like. This past year, I think, was yeah, one of yeah. the best years we've ever done when it comes, especially with food. Like, So we ended up um, bringing out our George Foreman grill and every 
lunch now, we everybody brings different, either you bring cheese or you bring condiments or you bring meats or you bring breads or you bring chips or actually, we, I don't think we really had very many chips. We all had a lot of fruit. We had a lot of veggies. A herd of nine-year-old boys can demolish a watermelon in about three seconds flat. Holy yes. Oh my God. It's so true. I would bring watermelon every week and we would go through a watermelon a weekend because those boys would just inhale it. Just gone. I'm always the one who brings like the chips because uh, I think of the whole crew. I think I'm the only one who drives in but has to take the bus in. So, uh, so, so yeah. for those of you who are go to MRF, uh, but don't work there, uh, the, most of the people, the, the people who work there have to park way away and they bus us in. And there's only a few select people who get to vote, you know, pro- park up close. So most of our group camps. So, uh, so they get to get up in the morning or there, but, uh, I don't, I don't camp for various reasons. One of which is I don't like camping. That <laughs> <laughs> is a way of comfort. Most important reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit of a princess and I don't mind. You know, we don't, we don't camp out there either. And part of it is we, you know, we live fairly close to the festival, but the other part is like, there's so many times that we have to bring more stuff on Sunday, uh, whether it's more fuel or props or tools or so many things. Or do our laundry. Yes. When we send our laundry home with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that too. So like our breakfast is weird because like we do like almost two breakfasts because we're in the campground and the kids my my dad so we camp in a space that my father is also in so like we're in a space so like and he leaves out donuts every morning that they my children know they can grab and so my children get like powdered sugar donuts every morning for breakfast which is very fun Dossie, as we've talked about um my husband is a sword swallower and literally he can't eat after breakfast he can eat breakfast and then he doesn't eat again for the rest of the day. Um, because if he eats, that's a bad thing with mixing swords in your stomach. So like I have to plan breakfast as like things he can eat on the run because there's also the balance between like sleep and food time and getting dressed in the morning and trying to get two children going. And so he doesn't eat very much besides like, he eats like big bars and granola bars and oatmeal bars in the morning, something that'll stick with him all day where I'm like, I'm going to go get some pierogies or eat some egg bites and like have like three mini breakfasts in a row. (laughs) It's really a testament to how dedicated salsa is to his performance because most of us know him and have known him for many, many years. And to know that he's willingly not eating (laughs) is Enormous. But say we've also fed him. I fed him for years. Every Tuesday he come to my house for laundry. So I'm, and- I'm going to go on a limb and say that um, uh, there are many reasons why I don't swallow swords, and not eating all day is like the 37th reason. But it's it's on that list. But we generally try not to eat like before going on stage. That's right. Yeah, no. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So we try to get the food in and still have enough time right. to calm down. Musicians, it's the opposite. At least for me, because if I don't eat before I go on stage, I shake. And so that's bad. <laughs> yep. I'm the same way. We generally have, we generally have a, a I'm saying we because we were Kristen just said, but um, we generally have like a little bit of food before we go. Um, yeah. We do have two other donut sources that I think that we should give a shout out to. Really, Jonathan, yeah. give a shout out to your donut source. 
Um, my friends Carl and Loretta um, bring uh, delicious, generally um, small, you know, local bakery donuts whenever, because um, I give them tickets every year. They're so good. And oh my God, so good. So they, they make sure they bring us donuts in the morning because um, that's now a tradition and it's the best thing ever. And uh, Teresa and I fight over who gets the, um, uh, usually the chocolate Bismarck. <laughs> yes. And Chris, that brings us to your donut people. Yeah, my parents come out to visit Renaissance Festival. At least they did come out several weekends. And every time they come out, they smuggle two entire bakery boxes of donuts that they smuggle out of. Uh, or they, they, they smuggle them in for us, but they, they buy them at like holiday. They empty the case into a box Actually, and bring it to so us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little side story for that. So um, <clears throat> at the front gate... Um, they know about the donut delivery for Fantasi. So, <laughs> I, I, I talked to the front gate people. They know about it. And so when the donuts come in, you know, because no food, external food is allowed in the, at the Renaissance Festival. But they, they come in and they're like, delivery for Fantasi. And they let them right through. So, um, so, so they do know that. That's what that's one particular people. They know who they are. And they know who those people are, and they have special. I'm, I'm just saying that I wouldn't be upset do. though if anybody else tried to smuggle donuts in for Fondazzi. Like, <laughs> I would be okay with that if someone was like, "They need these. We should bring them in." Yeah, if there's yeah, popular donuts around the Twin Cities that you want to send to our stage. We're okay with this. <laughs> you know, we could uh, have people join Patreon to donate to our donut fund. <laughs> yes, I'm going to tell you that. The, my, so my daughter works the front gate, and. Uh, she is a stickler for the rules. So uh, if you bring donuts and you haven't been approved and she takes them, I'm just letting you know, she's going to eat them and I'm not going to take it on. So. <laughs> that is 100% so, what will happen. Just got to hold one up for her while you push the rest of them through the gate. It's a hilarious side story that day. They, they, they had this, this first day she was on gate shift. Uh, uh, Eric was working with, with her. And Eric is a longtime friend of mine. He was a musician out there for a number of years, but now he, he is the second in command of all the gate stuff. And he's working there, and my daughter's right next to him. And they, the first people come up, and they had whiskey in a bottle. And they open it up, and here's a sweet little girl who's going to open, look at the, the look at her stuff. And they thought, ah, eh, they're going to let her go through. She pulls that thing out, and she holds it up to everybody, and she goes, I have found whiskey. And she basically – and she made a big scene, and Eric made a scene, and they, ma and they made him take it back to the – made it take it back to the uh, – the car and everything and it would like set the stage for the rest of her career out there doing front gate so and, i love her she's, yeah, so much so, uh, she's a happy so, little narc oh my god she, lo <laughs> she loves her job and and uh and uh she gets paid in food books which is which is her favorite thing so we talk about food she does her whole her whole fund uh, her whole front gate career is around getting food books to get paid for and she's perfectly happy for it <laughs> I cannot believe how many of those unicorn cake things that she's eaten backstage. Oh my god! At yes. our show, those it's, are huge. She's, huge. She, gets free, she, she doesn't get free reign at home, right? Because like we try to keep a good diet and stuff. So she comes out there and she's like, she's like, sugar. her mouth, you know, her mouth is like, blue every day from those ice. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I'm like, you were at the front gate with a blue tongue. She's like, that's the Renaissance Festival. What are you going to say? <laughs> But she's, like, she's also in the same children we don't have to feed backstage because I feel like yeah. we feed everyone else. And each of our boys counts as three. So. <laughs> yeah, wait till about three years from now. You know what we started doing last year for our kids? 
Adam and I would pick up a $5 Little Caesars pizza and divide it up between the two days and bring that out for them. That's a smart idea. We should do that, Chris, because Jameson's really, wow. Well, let's let's be real. So the the three boys have three dads who are all big. And so they're going to be big. Those boys are going to be big. I mean, I think the the shortest is 6'1", right, between the three of you guys? Six two, oh, six I think. Two. Six yeah, two, but yeah. he has my short jeans. I have. Yeah, I am Shane's short. not going to get tall. I am the tallest. When I go home to okay. Idaho, I am the tallest one. Yeah, Shane's a brick house. Yeah, yeah. Shane's yeah. my density. <laughs> he is not tall, yeah, but he is. That kid is like a juggernaut when he starts running. So I think all three of them are going to be when they get to that teenage phase. It's going to be like. Whole pizza per day. Well, they're, kind of they're there already. I don't know. So, Patreon it's, subscribers, we really need you. Um, like whole pizza, like for a snack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, my children yeah. are coming up the pipeline on this one. Like, I, I have my children are slightly younger, and it is already like a holy crap. How do I feed them all the day through the day? And so, yes, Patreon exclusive. I can say I can totally say subscribers. I can totally say that word. Uh, Patreon subscribers, we need you really just to fund our, you know, backstage food for our children. (laughs) (laughs) And and our children outnumber us. That's the other important thing is there's, I think, 11 of them and nine Mm -hmm. of us. Gabby can also put it away. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That girl. (laughs) If you ever come to our stage, if you came to our stage last year, uh, last year, uh, so Sole was our merch person before, but she got to have a successful photography business and she is doing that, which is awesome. So my daughter, my oldest daughter uh, came out and she, you would think she's a, like a size, I don't know, one or two, like she's super tiny, but she dances and she moves all day long. And so she eats probably twice what I eat. It's crazy. Yeah. And I feel sorry for that. Cause I don't, I don't think she's ever uh, been out like an official date yet. I'm waiting for that guy who takes her out. Who's thinking he's going to get that dainty girl. Who's not who's going to order a salad. Cause he's going to be in for like a $50 meal. The guy's going to be like, Oh my God, I can't afford the movie. <laughs> yeah. So we have a couple of big long tables that we have backstage and they pretty much pile up with food in the morning and it all gets spread out and it all gets opened up right after our, what is it? After the third show, we all kind of tuck in. A second mm-hmm. show. Second show. No. Second. Is that yeah, the second, second show? show? The 1130. The boys are back there after the first show picking already though. They're open. Yeah. The- yeah. There's usually something to graze on the whole time. And then we kind of have the potluck formal kind of meal after the second show and that's the anything that needs to be cooked is is opened up and released and like i said usually it's in a crock pot and it's already hot or the foreman grill's fired up and the sous vide has already been going and we just dump it yeah. out and you know, well, it's he, good to go and it's actually well. amazing how well it's timed between if you arrive in the morning and start a crock pot on high <laughs> it's going to be ready for lunch yeah, yeah. with yeah. how our morning timing works out and we're doing that second show, and you can smell it backstage. It's oh, yeah. oh, so hard. <laughs> Very motivating. But also, like, how it evolved from, like, I remember a few years ago, we are like, we're just going to do sandwiches. We're just going to do sandwich stuff. And then, like, mm-hmm. that worked great. And we're like, oh, this is awesome. Because before that, we were, like, trying to, like, plan, like, a themed weekend with the whole stage, like, Robin Hood and whatever yeah. dance troupe or whatever was on there. And, like, Black Isles or Sarah. And, like, that became so complicated because Katie was trying to organize it all and it just became 
a mess. It was a big mess trying to get everybody to figure out what was going to happen. And because everyone has their own shows to be doing. So that's like the last thing they want to think about. But at the same time, I'm always thinking about food. (laughs) There's there's like three things I think about all the time. And one of them is food. And so um, trying to figure out what we're going to eat. Not only that, but Adam usually has some sort of specific either calorie intake that he needs or protein intake that he needs. And so I have to plan our family meals out. So I just kind of started planning weekends out. Mm-hmm. But the Foreman Grill and the sandwiches have really, really helped. Because now we do um, breakfast on our own or the Savid, and then we do sandwiches for lunch with the chips or the, the fruit or the veggies. And then um, we usually, after our last show, when we start cleaning up, we usually have another meal at that point, too. Sometimes, yeah. Or we started having at the end of the year. Yeah, the sous vide has been great for that because we can throw bags of chicken in there and it'll all be cooked. This is the point I have to say uh, thank you to my wife because she uh, knows that I have no idea how to cook and I'm not a foodie. I I have like I eat the same food every day. I'm very boring. So she's out every weekend when there's when there's when we're bringing food out to share. She's the one who like comes up with the idea, decides what we're gonna make, bring cooks. So and then she, and then she comes out and puts the stuff out and she's one of the people who actually comes back with the group. But uh, she's actually out there doing the the cabriolet all day. And if anybody works hard, she does. So oh gosh, I mean, yeah. yeah, she needs yeah. the calories. Yeah, so well, we try to make sure definitely. nobody goes hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the other things that's been really interesting to work around is everybody's food allergies and yeah. food preferences. Because we've had years when we've had vegans on cast, and um, my child has a banana and mango and possibly other tree food fruit allergy i know that there's a couple other um like alan you're you react to cherries or something like yeah cherries are my cherries are my bane so uh if you want to bring me out a donut and just make sure it's just fake cherries and that real salsa's got stone (laughs) fruits right a variety of food allergies at the stage Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing to work around and like i said with the vegans too so it's really actually challenged the creativity with the the cooking and we always accommodate people because we certainly don't want to kill anybody backstage. That would be the last thing we want to do. And um, so it, it's been actually kind of interesting to try to, like, work around gluten-free for certain people and, you know, those sorts shellfish of situations. Shellfish-free for you. You know, the shellfish is usually easy to avoid, but... No, because there the, is a one shop. of my favorite... Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite things out there is the shrimp on a stick that is at the shop not too far away from the gal- the, the alligator shop has shrimp that is the best fried shrimp I've ever had in my life. And I have to make sure like I have cleaned everything off of me and like gargled my mouth so that in case <laughs> Teresa and I want to make out, I have to like, you know. Yeah, it's important to consider. <clears throat> I really appreciate you not wanting to kill me with a kiss yeah. because you know, that would be bad. <laughs> but also props to that shop. It's amazing. Shrimp, fried shrimp. Um, but and also like, so like Katie, Katie's gluten free. And like, I made this mere marvelous, whatever pasta, like bake in a crock pot that mm-hmm. is super cheesy, amazing lasagna type of like crock pot, amazing pastiness. And so good. I, the first time I made it backstage, it was not gluten free. And I felt like, like, I was like, Oh, I failed. Cause I also really love, making things that are like like oh here's the challenge like mm-hmm. how do I make something that's delicious yeah. and fits everyone's dietary yep, requirements totally. 
like I love that challenge. Like it's not actually like a like oh this is it's not a bad thing. It's like okay how can I do it oh, yeah. and make something that everyone's gonna eat and it's gonna be delicious. Um, which I think we all jump to that you know place of like okay let's make something for everyone. Um, so the second time I made it gluten free and it was the first time I ever clicked gl- gluten free noodles. And now I know more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this next year, I have more plans of how to make more delicious gluten-free pasta dishes that will actually like hold together and not become delicious cheesy soup. <laughs> it was good. I mean, it wasn't. It it fell apart a little bit, but the, the, it was, the flavor was really good. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm really glad we started the second meal this year for dinner or like the post Uber show meal. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in past years, we would leave festival and we'd stop at Gina Maria's for a pizza and I'd take down an entire pizza on my own. Yeah. At like 10 o'clock at a, night. You know, yeah. Right, exactly. That was a yeah. throw on an extra 10 pounds that season. Right. <laughs> so we've, we've been eating earlier and then when we get home, we usually try to have a snack that's right. fairly healthy that's not pizza. But, Which is very sad because it's like my favorite. Oh, we throw a bunch of chicken breasts actually in the sous vide, and then we are able to have a nice lean protein that is a good solid protein right after all that Uber show energy expenditure. And it's so nice to have that. Um, and we got an air fryer, so we oh, might be bringing that out. I want an air fryer in my life. I want fried chicken so bad. I can't even tell you right now. I just, I'm dying for it. Our kids know how to use it so they can help your kids use it. Yep. Want some chicken nuggets? You just throw it in the air fryer and, you know, 10 minutes I will say that I've, I've enjoyed the dinner part after the Uber show because I do another show after that, after we've cleaned up. And uh, and I know that a lot of the a lot of the Fondazi people they don't go into the front gate for exiting. So you know we, it's just because the Uber show is done doesn't really mean that we're kind of done for the day for the most part. A lot of times we all have something else we're doing. So uh, so that having that little food makes it so that you're not like uh, feeling like you're just ready to pass out or like you just like all oh, get all nervous and stuff. It really helps. Right, like Adam was saying, when we would eat that pizza at the end of the day, it was. At the end of the day, because right. we don't get to leave site right away. We don't get to leave right after Uber show. We don't get to leave right after Canon goes. We have to wait until everybody else is gone. And not only that, but this past year, our oldest daughter um, became part of the royal court. So she has more obligations at closing gate than we do. So now we have to wait for her to not only be done at closing gate, but then it takes like a half an hour to get her costume off. I do the troll show after our, after the uh, Uber show. So I go do another 45 minute, yeah, the pub sing at the Queens pub. And so I spend another 45 minutes doing that show. And then hopefully by then my wife is done doing cab. A lot of times she will have a cab that will take people all the way out to their car or whatever. And that means that, you know, that's another hour. So, uh, so yeah, we can be there quite late. And uh, so it's a, a lot of times on Sunday morning, people are, you know, coming in. We've, we've only been gone for a few hours before he came back. My, my second dinner is usually with Raider Lee. Do you want to tell about your dinner situation? I love it over there. Oh, so I was telling like, so I, I'm in the campground with my dad and like people I've grown up with my entire life in a place called Pagan Oaks because that's where we live. And I love it. It's amazing. And we make um, and every so I'm planning potluck meals for Fondazi and potluck meals for the Oaks. And so we have 
you know, we have amazing meals like chili or roast or, you know, barbecue something or like, you know, every weekend it's something different and there's always extra. So like oftentimes I'll drag Teresa and Chris over who are like just out of the shower. <laughs> they're just out of the shower and we're luckily right by the showers um, that we have. And I'll be like, come eat the extra food. <laughs> and, and I'll say, yes, uh, please. <laughs> right. But like that dinner is not to like eight. 30 at night because you know you you need to balance when like people are getting done because the troll that alan is talking about is my next door neighbor in the campground like we live next to each other um so the troll and uh his wife angel are also like they're part of this dinner preparation that then i also have to think of their food allergies as well at the same time so that's a whole different thing but it's i wanted to actually bring up food storage like that has changed so much in like how we store food over you know the weekend and what foodstuffs we bring because we have to think about it's like camping but also like worse in a way and better yeah. in another way because we have electricity but we still have to think about like how this food is going to be portable and store over a long weekend mm -hmm. Yeah, and what parts you can pre-cook at home so that it goes faster when you get there and how you store all that, too. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're not like thinking about this like Friday night as like we're going out, because I think most of us go shopping either like Thursday or Friday night before the weekend. I know I do like and I have to like I have a cart full of groceries for, you know, the potluck meals that are happening, you know, throughout the yeah, weekend, yeah. which is still great because it means that like I'm you know potluck is still the best way to go because it means everyone you know pitches in and has less to do but and it's just kind of a a very intense planning process on the people who are planning its part <laughs> like how you know yes we can sous vide chicken but how am I going to store the chicken to make sure that it's yeah. not going to kill everyone <laughs> Again, with the theme of not killing everyone. <laughs> it's an important thing. We, we really like our, our act to stay alive. Yeah. You know, another another thing about not killing everybody is that we get our coffee, a lot of the coffee <laughs> from the jesters, and we do French press backstage, too. Yeah, coffee is a major part of us not killing each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a, that's a morning theme that's and sure. also throughout the day theme. <laughs> no, I don't think we've mentioned also, in addition to all the food, Adam and I also have uh, protein shakes Yes, for Adam, myself, and Brett to have because I, we all three of us try to hit a high level of protein because <laughs> we all, well, Adam and I lift weights. I don't know what Brett does. Brett but, does his own calisthenics and boxing um, things. So we, we try to hit a certain level of protein every day. So we're constantly having protein shakes. Yeah. And think energy drinks. And caffeine. Yeah, and caffeine energy drinks that may or may not be expired or might be some weird something Maybe. that he got from somebody somewhere that we thought was a good idea to I, take. Didn't he buy them at an auction or something? He bought like an entire <laughs> I don't know where those came from. It's terrible. Um, but look on our Patreon for some videos of the, uh, the, the commercials of his energy drink. We yes. have videos of that, like Trevor or somebody filming but a commercial for him. When we're on the road, everything changes for food selection. I mean, we typically try to get coffee and donuts first thing in the morning. And also, Katie is planning our mm -hmm. menu, especially if it's uh, myself and Brett joining Katie on the road. Uh, Katie is definitely handling what we eat. It's taken me years to figure it out, but I basically take <clears throat> about 
10 pounds of chicken <laughs> and I make it on Friday morning. And then um, Saturday is five pounds of chicken and Sunday is five pounds of chicken because the three of us will eat that much chicken. And then we have a variety of um, chopped up veggies that we have with ranch. And it can't be sour cream with ranch because I used to make that with like I'd take the sour cream and you know, the dried ranch and mix it together. But Brett doesn't like sour cream. He can tell the difference. I've tried <laughs> between that and normal ranch. So I get normal ranch now. Um, pineapple is a huge thing that we all have. Yeah. Because it's nice and refreshing and it's really hot. And pickles. And pickles. Um yes. Uh, you started like making peanut butter protein balls for us yes, to eat. Yes, I make on the peanut road. butter protein oh, balls. So good. We we try when we're on the road to get a lot of things that um, are easy that we don't need to um, cook or heat up because we don't have the same capabilities that we have at MRF backstage. Right. Often there's not a backstage, or the backstage isn't big enough to like have a crockpot. Yeah. Um. So it's often things that don't need to be heated that we can just grab and eat, open up a container. So. Right. And then when. My the, really ridiculous road book food is the Cheez-Its and guacamole. You so love those. That is good. Go try dipping a Cheez-It in guacamole. It's bizarrely good. Yeah. It is. <laughs> and we can't forget about cold press. Oh, Gallons yeah. of cold press yes. coffee. Sweet cream cold so press. Cold so good. That's so good. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Oh so, so tasty. And before we get like to like we're super healthy, like we are actually really conscious about being healthy as we've gotten older and evolved as people. Like we've definitely gotten like health healthier. There are still definitely Oreos and nutty bars. And this is how um, I discovered my hot potato fiesta dip like obsession. Uh, mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Oh, there's right. also Twizzlers yeah. and um, mm-hmm. sw- um, so little cake rolls, I think. Swiss mi- or the little oh, yeah. Swiss cake rolls. Mm-hmm. We had one time. Yeah. <sighs> I can so, do some damage to seven layer dip. And Shane, okay, uh, so our son. I believe Luna brings ginger snaps every year. She, that and I she just even go through right, and she even yeah. makes the the gluten free so ones. Hard. They're so good. Oh gosh. Yeah. And then so our son, oh. our son's birthday is in September, so we always bring a cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always have a yeah. cake for and that. And Heather's birthday. Heather's birthday September, too. Yeah, that would be Alan's wife Heather, and we we have cake for that too. And I have no complaints about the extra cake and the donuts. I think last time we brought we brought cupcakes, but yeah, but yeah, cupcakes travel a little easier sometimes, but yeah, uh, but yeah. And we've we found cupcakes that are kind of a mandatory part of fun, Ozzy. It's true. You gotta have cupcakes. We found that at the end of a hard performance day on the road, we can generally find a Texas roadhouse nearby Mm -hmm. wherever we are. And there is nothing better than a pound of steak to cap Um, off your performance day. I will say that the times we have not found a Texas roadhouse, we have found Olive Garden and a large plate of pasta and never ending breadsticks also. It's It's like carving up before a marathon. I will tell you, though, that going to a fancy restaurant that that gives you like five ravioli that are like the tiniest little ravioli you've ever seen in your life. Not good. Where were we when that happened? It was (laughs) was in Nebraska. It was in Nebraska. That's a really good restaurant, but they were tiny, tiny little servings. And we're all like, well, 
And they're really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> they were really expensive, and we asked the front desk if they had any good Italian places. Of course, that was also the first time that I experienced putting fresh pretzels into <laughs> the chocolate ice cream when we got back to the hotel. You are welcome, my love. That, that was, really, was good. really good. Yes. Because so, I was like, well, I'm still hungry. So Teresa, Adam, and I went. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Teresa had her own. Uh, this is the best hotel room ever. We had two Marriott rooms. They were very nice. We went back. We really made good. Teresa watch Superstore. Yes. And Which we ate. I am now addicted to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And we ate ice cream with pretzels. It was delicious. And there was a hot tub involved. Yes. <laughs> and then I had my whole room to myself, which at the time, as a stay-at-home mom, was the most amazing thing in the universe. Yeah. And Romy, yeah, Romy wasn't there. And then we went back the next weekend. And it was a different hotel. Yeah. It's like, you missed out, brother. It wasn't as good. Thank you, universe. <laughs> I mean, they're both nice. They're both nice places. Yes, but the Marriott has a certain level of, <laughs> yeah. like, comfiness that That's true. some other It was hotels. brand new, so the beds yeah. had barely been slept in. Oh, it was ridiculous. So and we went down and we had a wonderful breakfast. Yeah. They had a good little restaurant. It was... Yeah, we do some continental breakfasts here and there when we, we tend to stay at like American Inns when we're on the road. So when we're with Romy, he prefers American Inns because he loves those waffles in the morning. Yep. Get some biscuits and gravy. I like the I like the Hilton Gardens because they have the like made-to-order omelets and stuff like that. He likes the fancy stuff is what he's saying. So good. If you don't stop that, we're going to go on like a Disney, eating at Disney diatribe, and I don't want to do yeah, that. So yeah. let's pull that back. <laughs> that could be a whole other podcast. That can be a whole other podcast. If people want to hear us go on a long rant about all the best foods at Disney World, just let us know, and we will be happy to make that episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, by the way, on the day we recorded this podcast, um, it is uh, Walt Disney World's 58th birthday, I think it is. Nice. Really? Oh, happy birthday, Disney. Happy yeah, birthday, Disney. Yeah, Disney World. I don't know if it's world or land, but I'm, I'm assuming land. Okay. I would like each one of us to go around and say what our favorite donut is because, um, donut. Well, I should say, I think I almost got kicked out of Fondazi at our first meeting because I came in to Katie and Adam's house and you guys had this big box of donuts and I had just eaten and you were like, do you want a donut? And I'm like, no, I'm good. And you're like, <gasps> what? Uh, because donut, Christine. I said the wrong it's thing. A donut. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'll take one. I'll take one. <laughs> so I, uh, I have different favorite donuts, I guess. Uh, when I, when I used to work a nine to five, I would stop for old fashioned donuts in the morning. And that was kind of like my staple. Uh, but also I'm a big fan of a decent apple fritter, especially mm-hmm. like we're talking about the clear water apple fritter, which is the size of a pie plate. Uh, those are fantastic. So really, do you, should we say it at the same time? <laughs> um, chocolate Bismarck. <laughs> chocolate custard filled Bismarcks. That's kind of, we, we war over those. If there's one, we fight. And then I, I will, I should like actually be generous and cut them in half with you if I was a good person. No, <laughs> that, it's the chocolate cup custard filled Bismarck. No, but that depends on who's brought it. When my in-laws bring them, I get them. When her friends yeah. bring them, she gets them. That's pretty much how it works out. And we just need to like keep telling them like to bring two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pack two. <laughs> so, apple fritters. Too, because Brett, even though he's yes. not here, he's also an apple fritter fanatic. He, he is an apple fritter. Better make that three. 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 Three apple fritters, one for Chris. My, because my favorite donuts are old fashions and apple fritters, too. So as you're talking, like, go. okay, so you need to get problem. like five apple fritters. <laughs> we don't need such a big variety right. backstage anymore. Two. <laughs> no. no. 
uh, Bismarck filled custard. cream custard, custard. film. Custard filled Bismarck. Alan. The Bismarcks. Alan? Yeah. What's your favorite donut? Uh, I would say, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's very common. It's the foot shaped donut where it's glazed, oh, yeah. except it's for a bear the claw. Bear claw. Bear, bear claw. Yeah. A bear, bear claw. Is that a bear claw? Well, Alan. that's what I like. Alan, if yeah. I had to pick a donut, it would be a bear claw. <laughs> <laughs> On our entire stage, <laughs> and we're gonna be good. Apple well, fritters, bear claws, and custard-filled business. Pretty much, um, unless you're coming from Clearwater, and then I will take a, a cappuccino Ooh. chip muffin because those are damn tasty. So I have to rhapsodize just a tiny bit more on the apple fritters. See, the ones that I like that I love have to be crispy on the outside. Yes. They're glazed, they're crispy 100%. and soft and chewy on the inside. They got to be yeah. just crispy yeah. on the outside. Plus they Perfect have to fry. You have to be able to find like chunks of apple in there. Yes. Yeah. Also. That's, yes. that's mandatory. And I do like an old fashioned with coffee. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It is the best. We try when we're not at MRF, we try to find a Dunkin Donuts if possible to go to. And they have this thing called the Drunken Monster. Which Duncan. is Duncan Monster. <laughs> Very Duncan. Thank you. Um, what do you is... do with the Drunken Monster? What do you do with Drunken Monster? Early in the I like that uh, yeah. rendition of that song, Alan. Um, it is a slushy mixed with a Monster Energy drink. Yeah. And it is oh, amazing. That sounds like Katie written all over it. <laughs> yeah, it sure right? does. It's, yeah. it's so sugary and amazing. Like with that much sugar, I'd probably be drunk. I yeah. so I will say, like, I am not like a particular like I like donuts a lot. Um, I will have cravings I never have anywhere else. Um generally specifically for like as much sugar as possible. Um, though and we always honestly like try to like it's always in that fall period when they're coming out with the weird Oreos. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah we always bring in the fun Oreos. Yeah. Right? And that's a big mainstay backstage. And I don't know why I want an Oreo so bad. Because, like, during the rest of the year, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need Oreos. And then I'm backstage <laughs> at MRF or Baraboo or whatever. I'm like, I would like 10 Oreos now, please. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have to thank Lyra for that addiction. It's true. Yeah. I did find the perfect way to eat the candy corn Oreos. Oh. So you peel the package open, you take some out, and then you throw them in the trash can. No, no, you give them to me. And I eat oh, them so lovingly in front of my husband. We had some kind last year that were so good. What, what, oh, the carrot cake ones last year. Those were Those good. were actually really strangely good. Right. Have you had the pistachio Oreos? What? No. Those are pretty good. They're the healthy Oreos. They're vafor thin. They're super thin and they're pistachio filled. And they're so amazing. That sounds really good. They're really good. Do you want to tell us about the macaroon club, Chris? So it's something Brett started. You'll have to ask him uh, how they got started with it. But uh, there's there's a chocolatier out there. They have uh, a shop and they have a couple of carts that travel around. And one of the things they have are chocolate dipped coconut macaroons. And yeah, they got great chocolates, great turtles, and strawberries. Oh, they're they're big. Yum. And um, they're I don't know just a couple of bucks. So you can get one of those, and it's it's great because they're they're dark chocolate. They're nice and sweet, but not so sweet you can't eat it yeah what's nice about that too is that that's a uh that's owned by 
one of the stage acts, so it's a local business. Mm-hmm. When we're on the road too, yeah. there's a in Omaha. There's a root beer vendor. Bud's root beer is just out oh, of bounds. It was really good. Yeah. And so we go through growlers or root beer in a day. Yeah, we will. Because <laughs> they lemonade. have lemonade. The lemonade yeah. is so good. When are you bringing the musicians? <laughs> I don't know. When, I'll get you guys down there. When we're out of town, we try to find local vendors that are at the festival so yep. that we are supporting local uh, businesses. Yep. And also because we just like food. And we like food. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> For sure. Any like if there's any barbecue or beef or anything where they're cooking a whole animal at once, I will eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I'd like to get somebody yeah. with a barbecue pit to just park backstage and just grill meat for us all day long. Um, I'm gonna bring back a memory. We we were in central Wisconsin at one of the first times they had a festival out there, and there was a guy who brought out a truck, oh. and in the truck was behind the truck was an entire. Uh, cooker i don't know what kind of cooker it was but it like was, an, cooking, it was an offset smoker yeah an offset smoker i i know nothing about food all i know is good it so, looked like a submarine it did <laughs> and i took pictures i took pictures i will try to find them and so you can post them um and and it, because they were really cool but that that cooker uh he cooked for the entire festival ground basically all the all the people who participated in it and uh, at the at the end of the night, we had a giant cookout for everybody. He brought out these great. We had chicken, and I don't know what else we had. Just I had he chicken, had like but. two whole twenty pound turkeys that he smoked, and then he wow. just had endless endless trays of like chicken thighs and chicken legs, and it was, it was just so good. Oh, so good. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and it, it was all mostly barbecue, but he had like two different, three different types of way he, he marinated and everything. Yeah, that that was uh, one of my uh, one of my most favorite meals we've always had as a group for some reason and it was cool because everybody in the festival in that small festival it was a two-day festival where they participated in the meal and we just sat around afterwards and it was very communal it's very cool yeah we always loved that and, and the food was fantastic we always loved the communal meal i think that's a great place yeah. to wrap this up because we can talk about food all day but i'm actually getting kind of hungry here <laughs> and it's late at night. It's time to eat. I'm so hungry. <laughs> you just had a pizza. I, have you seen how big? <laughs> yeah. you are, it's ready for barbecue. That's right. We got a barbecue. I gotta pizza. go start the smoker. Um, actually, Brett has uh, started sending us smokers. Yeah. Online. Asking no, if Brett has a smoker. Yeah, he he brought a smoker. By the way. Oh. So. Um, Nice. Probably the next Fondazi business venture. Yep. Cooking hot with Fondazi. You think people would be upset if we brought a trailer full of smoked meat instead of a trailer full of props Mm. when we go on the road? I would not be upset. This could be fun. Dinner, dinner in a show, right? I mean, we could start advertising dinner in a show. (laughs) Spin a chicken. (laughs) Just spin it real slow over the fire. (laughs) We'll just play some dinner music, and there you go. If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, pop on over to the Patreon and look for Fondazi Fire. If you have any questions or show ideas for us, anything that you want to know, then email us at fondazi at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Fondazi Fire Presents What Do You Want on your favorite podcast platform. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>